What ho, folks! I'm Lillian Crawford, a freelance film critic and historian focusing on women and post-war British cinema. Welcome to the Listen to Lillian podcast, part of an ongoing blog I've recently set up on Substack to develop my research on my own terms. Simply go to listentolillian.substack.com to subscribe for a bumper crop of reviews, essays and feature articles, with upcoming series including a deep dive into the output of Ealing Studios, dance in the films of Pound and Pressburger, and all things Carry On, James Bond and Derek Jarman. Each episode I invite my guests to select a British film to discuss, from the silent era to recent releases. All I ask is they pick a film they think is particularly interesting in its representation of female characters or its approach to queer subject matter. For this episode I've invited my friend Linfa Keir, a singer-songwriter and all-round pop music expert, to join me for a chat. The film we're going to discuss is Bob Speer's 1997 masterpiece, Spice World. Here's the trailer to give you a taste of the spice to come. When the world is in trouble, when our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy, he calls five girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry, and Mel C. They're ready for action. Girl power! They're dressed to kill. Ah, well, that's shaken or stirred. And thoroughly prepared for any encounter. It's a story of love. I think with boys, you should be able to just wheel them in. Yeah, and order them like a pizza. Yeah, no cheese. Compassion. It's really too hot in here. I need a fan. And misunderstanding. When the speeding melon hits the wall, there's Christmas for the crows. What did he say? I haven't a clue. There's more like it. This January. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? No. But I'll have one of these pie things. Make your choice. I like the blonde one. No, 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 no. Sporty. Rock your world. And spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. Yeah, but can they act? Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, girl power. Feminism. Do you know what I mean? Hi, Limpa. How are you? I'm pretty great, Lily. How are you? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, all the better yeah. for seeing you. And all the better for seeing Spice World, oh, which Spice. has well and truly spiced up my life. I'm so happy you suggested Spice World to me. Like, I thought you were going to go Josie and the Pussycats, but honestly... Is that British? I, don't th- I think that's an American Jason- film. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Josie and the Pussycats is, is American, but yeah. it does have, I think it's Richard E. Grant or Alan Cummings in it, which makes it feel a lot more British than it is. But they're both in this film. They are. That's it's weird. Like, I didn't know that. It's amazing. <laughs> so. They're basically playing pretty much the exact same character as well. Yeah. I, I, I was just constantly amazed by like the insane British actors like popping up in this film. 
I think you could really easily make a drinking game just out of this film for every time there's a cameo. For every time there's a cameo. And I wish I had. I think it would be just <laughs> so much better. Well, if people are who listening was... and they haven't seen Spice World, there's a, there's an idea for you. Who was your favourite cameo? Oh, I did particularly enjoy... I can't remember who it is that goes into the telephone booth, spins around and turns into Bob Hoskins, but that I is ass- amazing. I assumed that was that was just the man. I didn't know that was the man. <laughs> My housemate told me halfway through that, um, what's his name? The guy from James Bond was... Roger Moore. Roger Moore. I can't recognise... Because the whole, the whole plot is that... <laughs> I mean, what according... Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, the original plot, according to the trailer um, and some research I've been doing, is that James Bond is called upon to save the world, but he's, like, unavailable. So he gets the Spice Girls to save the world instead. But that's not what this film is. Because no, it's this... it's it's like well in stru- in terms of structure it's basically a hard day's night. Have you seen that? I've not, I've also not seen a hard day's night. So hard day's night is like the Beatles being the Beatles. They're like the most famous band in the world, and they have all their fans, and they keep and they keep coming up to them, and they get in a bit of hijinks, and then at the end of the film, they do a concert and sing good songs, and then it ends. And that's basic. That's basically the plot of this film yeah basically but it it's no way near as experimental yeah, and interesting right. and funny this is genuinely a very this good is, yeah you rated it like four and a half stars on letterbox oh i don't know yeah four four and a half i'm not sure <gasps> uh my housemate hated it and like, oh really I told, yeah i told him your um rating and he was just shocked <laughs> So I'd like proper big you up. I was like, yeah, Lily, Lily, she writes, she writes film reviews. She's great. And she was writing this four and a half stars. She's written for Little White Lies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was hated on yeah. mass when yeah. it came out. And, and probably still no is. Taste. Um, you know, it's only really been within the last few years that it's sort of it's had like an, an, an anniversary screenings in cinemas and stuff. And, and, and I think people recognise it now for what it is, yeah. which is this a brilliant... Of yeah, exactly. It's a piss yeah. take. It's exactly what it is. The actress who plays Duffy in Casualty comes in as the nurse, <laughs> the midwife. Oh, in the, was... in, the, in the great scene with the kid and the guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Duffy from Casualty. And like, I looked on Wikipedia and I don't think she's credited. <laughs> and... Probably not. I mean, that is the nature of. I Wait, recognize... was, she, was she in Casualty in 97? Yeah, okay. She's like her and Charlie were like the OG Casualty couple. <laughs> and I recognized the woman who plays um, Duffy over the guy from James Bond. <laughs> Well, I mean, that is a great scene. It's one of the, it's one of the best bits of yeah. acting on on behalf of Victoria Beckham, who Victoria Beckham. <laughs> shouts at this kid <laughs> and then tells film? Jerry to take her top off, and the kid wakes up. Out. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I have to admit, was one of the funniest <laughs> scenes. Yeah, that's that. that's one of the ones that like really sticks with you. Is just just Jerry Hallowell is just. I love Jen. She's Which, she's great. She's yeah. she. I mean, you know, they're not actors, but, no, but but they do a very good job of playing themselves in a yeah. very knowing 
sort of, you know, they're very much playing to like the nicknames that they were given by Not Top the of one. the Pops magazine or something. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, where, you know, there's so much built up in those nicknames and actually them yeah. adopting it and using it is like the sort of taking a word that's used sort of insulting and actually making it like your brand and sort of identifying by that. Yeah, I think Baby Spice Emma Bunton was like, ended up being a lot more babyish afterwards and it was great. <laughs> I yeah. mean, in this, in this film, she like really plays it up yeah which is very yeah. funny um yeah. i think i think the most problematic one is mel B's nickname as scary spice which yeah, is, which I, has this really uncomfortable racist undertone great connotations as it no especially if she's like wearing like leopard print and yeah. stuff and it's like she's from the jungles of africa because she's black which is yeah. not okay. What's what's she wearing in the wannabe music video? Oh. I want to have a look. Because, okay, so this film also, it was, so wannabe was released in 1996. This film was released in December 97. Yeah. That's how quickly this, they were like a three, four year thing. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, is... because because it's, it's something that, you know, I think everyone's aware of the Spice Girls. Even I am, and I'm completely <laughs> yeah, clueless. Even, even you are. Even, even me. Um, I think they were probably on like the pop party CDs that I had as a kid. Um, oh no, pop party was actually after the Spice Girls. Oh god, yeah, I suppose. Hi, it was. I did a popular music degree. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you do study the pop party series? No, no, that's just the way of getting uh, more money to do on compilation CDs because yes. you get. Well, okay, Ooh. so they weren't on that, but I was aware of who they were. But yeah, you're right. It's like this sort of very brief period in which, you know, if if we're comparing them to the Beatles, who I think are probably like the closest thing of like them being known by their first names. And certainly in terms of British pop music, the Spice Girls are like the next big phenomenon that comes after Beatlemania. Oh, are they? You know more about this than me. I mean, because obviously... Maybe the next biggest band. Yes. But then we have, like, the Blur and Oasis battle thing earlier in the 90s. But the Spice Girls were formed because of those, like, bands, like the male boy bands, and Take That was such a big thing. The the market guys were like, you know what we need? We need five girls (laughs) to just balance it out. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, yeah, quality, yeah. Um, Girl power. (laughs) Which and then those two words used so many times in this film, and I never know if they mean it seriously. They probably don't. This, this is the thing: is that like, so the riot girl movement was happening around the 1990s as well, and they absolutely hated the Spice Girls because they thought they were just appropriating their message, and they just they were so mean about them. But also, like, I think it's just the sort of thing about getting women into their first like boots of feminism. Right. I don't. It's problematic, but it's. I think it's harmless. Yes, and I think that even though, as you say, it's sort of 96 when Wannabe is released and this film's 97, if we think of, like, the 90s and Cool Britannia and sort of, like, that aesthetic, if you were to define periods of British history by an object, it's like Churchill's cigar, Thatcher's handbag, and then in this case, it's very much Jerry Halliwell's Union Jack dress, which, like... I had that dress. I had a dress with the Union flag on it. (laughs) <laughs> because of Jerry, of course, sister is ten years older than me. Like I got all of her party stuff afterwards. I think that the iconography of it is so powerful, and it you can't. This film is dismissed so much 
and yeah. it like was nominated for so many awards of being like one of the worst films it's often it's like number five on one of the lists of like the worst films ever made which is just it's just rude i mean it's mostly written by men yeah who would just see this as a a mess of like women being silly whereas maybe it takes us as like female viewers watching this film to like see just how comedic it is and how knowing it is in sort of the way that it winks at the camera like Oh, look, I'm Sporty Spice and I'm wearing a football t-shirt and on a treadmill. <laughs> I think it's Mel B wearing a spacesuit confused me, but we'll, okay. we'll just gloss over that one. But, but well, the space was... element's really interesting because we have that incredible E.T.-esque scene <laughs> where Martians land and they're like, it's the Spice Girls all shake their hands and then they try to touch their boobs. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot about like men wanting to touch their yeah. boobs. There's a lot about Jerry Hallowell and her boobs, but I think that was just the vibe at the time of Jerry Hallowell. Maybe, maybe, maybe. but they yeah. they handle it <laughs> very well when these aliens are like, "Can you sign the autograph?" And it's like, "What's your name?" And then it's something unpronounceable, and they're like, "Has <laughs> it got? Is that, it's, with, it's got, is that with three Ks?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's, it's it's but things like that you'd see in like comedies that would come out more recently. So yeah. I want I want to say that this is a film ahead of its time and deserves reappraisal. Yeah, absolutely. I st- I mean I still I still stand by the fact Joe and the Pussycats is better. It's American, but it's better. But this is this is more of a phenomenon sort of thing. Like uh, it made like 150 million at the box office yeah, as well. It's the highest grossing musical film ever made, which is insane. It's like, absolutely it had- insane. Like it's this is when, when I when I say that like the Spice Girls were sort of equatable to the Beatles in that sense they were bigger than I mean their their film career limited to one film as it was I mean it was supposed to be more but then Jerry left and yeah it all went downhill I mean there is going to be a second film Hey it didn't go downhill because they released Holler which is <laughs> one of the best Spice Girls songs True True Um but we 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 did get Viva Forever in the interim which. I'd have been I never saw it I mean it was only on stage for a very short oh, period of time I thought you meant the song Viva Forever and I was like yeah no sorry I, I meant the... I meant the stage musical by Jennifer oh. Saunders which who's also it, in this film who's in this film for like yeah. a second um, it's great because she's like a massive Spice Girls fan and yeah. then yeah she made a musical which is supposedly one of the biggest flops in Broadway history. You can't do Spice Girls unless you're the Spice Girls. That's the thing. It doesn't rub off. It's yeah. the magic of five women from normal backgrounds coming together. Absolutely. And then, the, the, you know, they're doing this reunion. They were supposed to be doing this reunion thing. And then their next big project is their first animated film, which is currently in the works. But hopefully, because it's animated, they've been able to get on with it during COVID and we'll be able to to see the animated superhero Spice Girls movie in, in cinemas soon. I mean, what what more could you want? It's sort of like they're, they're trying to do a Yellow Submarine type sequel to Spice World. Did you want to do this podcast because you want to get um, uh, tickets for the, the premiere? <laughs> I mean, if, if I mean, we, we'd go. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd want to be your plus one. We, we'd sure. go and we'd, like, hang out with the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, God, which, which Spice Girl would you be? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
who, who, who do you, better question who do you think I okay I'm trying to think I mean it's immediately saying posh to me because we both grew up in Kent um but also you've got the hair for it I think that posh you're has not, the best dress sense you're not baby no I God, don't no. think you're <laughs> I'm not Emma <laughs> what do you mean to Emma <laughs> no Buster? she's lovely she's look she's lovely but she's She's a bit, yeah, she does. You're a bit more baby than I am. I feel like I'm the the mix between. I was always um, posh in like the group photos that we took in the girls' toilets, and I was always, always <laughs> posh purely because I was from Kent um, and had dark hair. But then I think realistically, I'm more like baby. And Ginger had a child. He was yeah. at the same time both incredibly scary speaking of also... children there's that really odd <laughs> sub <laughs> subplot of like Naoko Mori yeah. from, I know her from Torchwood but she's like their friend who's very much there to be like the token British Asian character in this and she's also pregnant and that leads to them like being well what will happen when we all get pregnant because you know obviously the career trajectory of five professional women of course is for them all to settle down with men and, and have babies and then we get one of those wonderful sort of flash forward moments where the screen twirls um and, and somehow they're still in 1990s britain they're still in 1990s britain and they're all pregnant and they've got loads of children and they're like oh no will you turn off that racket and their kids are listening to the spice but this is the thing I think I think you're doing like a really like lovely like film feminist analysis of like motherhood and career impacts I just think they wanted a chance to put mama in the movie about it not making sense they just wanted to put mama in the film (laughs) and need an excuse oh for the song yeah yeah okay that's the song that's playing because they play most of the Spice Girls hits in it that's interesting I think you're right I think that there are like this, this film is very much driven by how can we fit the songs into yeah in the same way that like Mamma Mia does that with other songs where it's like using like Our Last Summer for example is just like entirely done in that same way like the flashback to when they're like starting out and they don't have any money and Bill Patterson is like this cafe owner um which is intriguing and that they sing wannabe because it's like all those many years ago back in 1996 um, (laughs) (laughs) when they did wannabe and now like a year later later. they have a bus driven by meatloaf and a manager who's richard e grant who for some reason has a higher up manager who is roger morris james bond who has a pet pig which is great (laughs) which is fantastic Um, i think that's my favorite part of the film forget all the rest of it yeah just the micro pig it's also a lot in that pig it's also really interesting was like a filmmaking exercise where you have this strange meta narrative of like the Hollywood producers who are supposedly like coming up with the concept for the film, which we immediately know is the film that we're watching. But at the same time, we're watching that film but there's also another film being made about the Spice Girls with Alan Cumming as like this posh British director who's like following them around constantly with a camera so this is my question to you what is spice world which of those layers is the film we're watching there may not be an answer you 
I like how we're applying Hamlet's style analysis to the spice. Yes, it's a maison of beam. This is like the mousetrap. <laughs> this is the mousetrap. <laughs> Murder of Gonzago. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So I think, I mean, it's definitely not the Alan Cummings, is it? Is no, but we Alan see, Cummings? but we see that coming singular. Come, He's just coming. <laughs> He's just coming. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Alan Alan Cumming. That's definitely not because I mean logic would state that you see that through another through another camera. So my really smart brain is like that's not the real one. You know, you know how they speak to a man about their like ideas. Is that Alan Cumming in a disguise or is that another white man? I feel that's a different person. I think it's another white man. Um because they're they're like Americans, those producers. There's just um, a lot of white men in this film. That's my hot Yeah. Point. There is. I think the driver was originally meant to be someone else. It was meant to Frank Bruno, who would have been, I think, the only black man in the film. Yeah, because um, when my, my housemate went out for a couple of minutes and I was like, oh, these two white men were doing this. And my housemate was like, which two white men? There are a lot of white men. Um, oh, and even like all the, ca- all the cameos, weirdly, yeah. a lot of the cameos are like white men. So you have like Hugh Laurie as Poirot, um, yeah. Elton John. Dominic West as a photographer. Didn't recognise that one. <laughs> There's R- Richard Pryors as the bishop, who's like, <laughs> we've heard that the Spice Girls don't think that the Pope is a Catholic. <laughs> and Richard O'Brien is like the spy who comes yeah. out the toilet, which, which, which sort of like makes it a weird like Rocky Horror Picture Show crossover because you have Meatloaf and Richard O'Brien in it, and I was I was kind of expecting like Celebrity Crystal Maze or Celebrity <laughs> Crystal Maze. I wouldn't have even blinked if this film had suddenly turned at some point to be like it's the Spice Girls playing the Crystal Maze because everything feels possible. And then the final like chase scene is where that crossover between the weird ideas that like. Yeah the guy in Hollywood is having about a Spice Girls film and then like in real time we watch it but it's like why are they on the roof of the bus why is there a bomb (laughs) is it maybe this is a Hamlet hot take maybe it is just them going mad or it could be it could be they they may have really taken inspiration yeah because that's all fake and then at the end of the film (laughs) no you don't say yeah yeah, okay (laughs) What I mean, <laughs> at the end, at the end credits, there's this weird scene where it's like behind yeah. the scenes, it's Alan Cumming being like, why am I doing a British accent? Why can't I just like be myself? Scottish, and, yeah. and then the Spice Girls notice us and they directly yeah. address us as to why we're watching the credits and why we're still hanging around. And then they're like, well, why are you still asking about that form on the bus? <laughs> with the bomb exploding the bomb which was like dismissed as an idea in another scene which then proved to not be real so i don't know what (laughs) this film is operating on i oh i i think it switches i swing i think it switches halfway through i think from that moment on the thing on like when they're waiting i think it's the moment when they're waiting for the spy cells to come through i think that's when it switches. Possibly yeah. a little bit before that. Yeah. That's my, my no, that's 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 good. I think I think I think that works. Yeah. In terms of like the narrative, but I really with... liked the idea of Spice Force Five. 
which is like pretty sure that that's a reference to Pulp Fiction, which like three years before this. Well, there's because um, Uma Thurman's character has like Mia Wallace has auditioned for a show that's similarly named, and it's about like a group of female kick-ass people. I mean, sort sort of in the vein of like Charlie's Angels, which comes okay, quite after this. You got I it. Understand. You got it. References um, I understand. So, I, but I think that's what this like animated sequel is going to be. Is going to be like the Spice Force Five version where they're all like superheroes and they each have their unique powers one of which Love is to it. sound like a cat i think it's I... mel mel c is like what, what's mel c's power it's like she she when she opens her mouth she goes meow she's the best singer why is she the one that's a cat i don't sound? i don't know yeah it's all very strange um but there's so many references in this film it's like it doesn't know when to stop to stop um, like there's the scene of the photography thing and Jerry's like Marilyn Monroe and I can't and remember who's like the, the Bond girl. Well. Yeah, oh, exactly. Probably. That's like where they really sort of play on those mm-hmm. nicknames and those identities that the press has given them with like Barry Humphreys as the editor who's <laughs> makes it rain when he doesn't know how to stop <laughs> in the office. <laughs> And Barry Humphreys is like Dame Edna Everidge, so he's like a drag queen. So there's like this. There's also like the lead male actors in this. So Richard E. Grant, Alan Cumming, and Barry Humphreys. They're all like sort of queer icons. So there's like yeah. this this queer aesthetic to it. I mean, that there's like Spice Girls. But it's this lack of threat, I guess, that like having the men in the film be like LGBT coded or like members of that community yeah as you say it's like the male Spice Girls fandom is like amongst yeah this is very much what Susan Sontag would define as camp it is one of the campest films I've ever seen they should have just gone like all the people who went to that Met Gala should have just gone as Sporty Spice this is something I I wanted to ask you because you're an expert on the Spice Girls, you know, there aren't, I don't think there are many academics who specialise in the Spice Girls and... Spice Girls have been written about a lot actually in music. Oh really? Yeah. Well, enlighten me. Oh god, okay, right, so Spice Girls, quick history, uh, in relation to Spice World the movie, uh, Spice Girls were created, as I said earlier, a follow-on to like the male-dominated boy bands of the early 90s, so like Take That and Boyzone and all that. And they were like, oh, let's advertise for five girls, which is completely the opposite of what's in this film as well. Like they were fully like chosen through auditions. I think like One Direction. Like, yeah, they were like One Direction, but behind the scenes. And they originally yeah. had a different manager. And then Simon Fuller comes along as well. They're all in one house together as well. They had like a 20 million pound advance. So a lot of money was put into the Spice Girls. Emma Bunton wasn't originally even in the Spice Girls. Like Ella, Emma Bunton was a new addition. Like there were, a girl got thrown out. Sorry, Rip. Um, <laughs> what happened to her? Person. I don't know. I hope she's doing okay. <laughs> Me too. Hey, Me well, too. It's like the girl who didn't quite make it into Girls Aloud. Javine. Is it Javine? It might be Javine. I, I don't know. Javine. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so Spice Girls, the whole thing with the Spice Girls was that they were meant to be obtainable women for young girls to like look up to. And that's why I think their friend is in the film. I think their friend is meant to be the in into the Spice Girls world for the viewer who like likes these women. And also, so then it goes into the accents because like Mel B, 
northern very leeds very working class accent that's why she's scary that's why she's scary she's from leeds yeah i know um, it's horrendous i love leeds um, no i know no, i mean it's sorry i don't mean leeds is horrendous i mean it's well, horrendous i mean it's horrendous that like <laughs> the national press could get away with like labeling her scary because she's loud and northern yeah which is just yeah bigotry yeah but yeah the whole thing was like people could look up to them and feel like they could be them that like the songs don't really have much for range in terms of vocals the whole of wannabe the chorus is just if you want to be my lover gotta get with my friends zig a cigar zig a cigar but like they were the original tiktok dancers like i can do the wannabe dance yeah i think i th- no, I must have heard Wannabe before Chicken Little, but Chicken Little, I, like, drove home Wannabe for me. I, yeah, it is in Chicken Little. They do it as, like, a, I've a karaoke Chicken thing. Little out of my mind. I, Good film. My mom, I got hit by a car after watching it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was just a tap. It was just a flash. I'm sorry. I should have, like, issued a trigger warning before it's mentioning okay. Chicken Little. Got hit by a car. Only a little tap. Um, oh, my mum hated it. Good soundtrack though. Not Wannabe great. and Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> I thought Runt of the Litter was a real artist name. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. No. It's... I am very smart. Yes, you are. So continue. Continue oh. giving us the potted history of the spice. Oh, the not so potted history. It's not really that much. There's not much. To the <laughs> There's not much. Of, it's not a big range of time. Uh, no. Basically, they mastered uh, getting fans on side. They mastered marketing. They absolutely fully were like, yeah, I want that brand deal. I want that brand deal. I want that brand deal. And that's how they got into massive superstars. But because of like the dancers because of like the lack of range in their music not i mean it's great but there's there's not much leaps it's not beyonce up in this um it's just accessible to young women and they could always like identify which one they were and that's the spice girls that's why because you know you're posh i'm baby slash ginger for reference i'm brunette but my mom's ginger so i always saw a picture of her. <laughs> i mean i don't think jerry had a world's ginger is Jer- no i think jerry hallowell is ginger is she i, th- I thought she dyed it red because it's like flaming red maybe she's ginger but she made it redder yeah, because I of mean, her nickname i don't know yeah well if we're going to talk about people who dye their hair red florence from florence the machine really really dyes dyes her hair red she's not yeah. a natural ginger no um, no i think she isn't actually a ginger i think her daughter's ginger but again that's like a nickname which is just so basic yeah uh, i mean spice- the ginger is the only one of the spice girls who is actually named for a spice a spice yeah. Um, which is, you know, maybe that. Imagine if it was <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe they started with Jerry because she's like the oldest and the sort of the leader in this. And they're like, oh, we'll call her Ginger. What what spices can we get the others? And they just couldn't come up with. They're like, it wouldn't I mean, have worked. No one really, no one really like hits me as a cardamom spice. Maybe, no. maybe Victoria Beckham, but mm. that's yeah. I mean, th- there's there's some really great absurd moments like when she's playing chess with Mel B and, and it's she's like, just like the horse is like she's that. like the what she, she calls it like fairground horse or yeah, something yeah, the, fa- yeah. the fair the fairground pony which like jumps over <laughs> she's just not having it I Victoria Beckham is the one who who really um shines in this film I think she's she is the main character 
Victoria Beckham. The Gucci dress scene is fantastic. Like, will you choose the little Gucci dress or the little Gucci dress? Or will you choose the little Gucci dress? Exactly. The best one though is is the army scene where everyone yes. comes out. <laughs> yes, and she's got like... massive heels and like a mini dress that's like camouflage. That scene is bizarre. That scene, I t- I, I mean I'm, uh, that must be a cameo from another actor. It is. Who um, Mister Step is played by Michael Barrymore, who does that bizarre routine. <laughs> But why are they going to dance class in like a boot camp? Because it's the Spice Girls. Because it's the Spice Girls. Because it's the Spice Girls. There's aliens because it's the Spice Girls. Camp. I mean, is is that another example of like where the song is sort of the point there? I don't. Oh, what, 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 I'm not sure which song they sing. Oh, uh, is it the, is it the Gary Glitter one? Is it I'm the leader of the gang? Yeah. I am. Yeah. Which is you know because Gary Glitter was originally in the film. He had a cameo and then. Yeah. The allegations against him came out, and he was like he removed. Was so they, the... but they cut out his cameo, but they yeah. left in the, the song. song. Do you feel like there should be a scene between those two scenes? I think that's cut weirdly. That's yeah. true. Maybe you that's what it. it. That's what it is. It. Um, because there so are rich. there are. Well, the, but this this it's such a film which is so in tune with like the cultural moment of nineteen ninety seven and what's going on in the world that like they had to cut out references to princess diana because when they filmed it she then died they'd also like made references to Gianni versace who also was murdered during the production of the film so i mean not by the spice girls <laughs> you know he wasn't murdered on the set of spice world that can't happen very often in terms of like when films are being made that they're literally having to write it as they go in order to make it as relevant as they possibly can. Yeah, it's something you more see in sort of like political satire shows where they write it, like that one that was done at the election. Ballot Monkeys, I think it was called. Yeah, um, the one with like Hugh Dennis and Chris. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very like a highbrow take. Something that's very seen as very highbrow then put into the Spice Girls, which is... Yeah, it, it, it shows that, the you know, the Spice Girls are shown to be like very in tune with contemporary cultural needs um yeah and you know this is this is a history podcast and blog um you know if anyone is questioning the academic relevance of of spice world then you know if you're looking at take it away if you're if you're looking at 1997 you can't not look at spice world it's an essential historical artifact for for a very specific cultural moment i mean if you wanted to understand society and culture in the 90s and you didn't look at the spice girls then you know it's not it's not complete it's not valid you're also probably a little bit sexist if you didn't look at the spice girls exactly and you know it's a film which really makes mockery of and makes an attack on misogyny and the way that men perceive the spice girls and and you know there's a bit of fun sort of them trying to objectify men as well like when they when they say wouldn't it be great if you could order a man like a pizza which is something i do wish to this day yeah like girls chats we send that we send that gif to each other (laughs) it's great (laughs) yeah it's, it's it's such a great idea and yeah weirdly that's not the reason why they then get criticized in the tabloid press it's because she says about the, the Pope not being is the Pope a Catholic. Imagine if the Pope died in ninety seven. What would have? Oh, what the? Yeah, Imagine they'd have had to. They would have rewritten that. I don't know, but there would have been a different Pope. There would have been. 
I think what would have been worse if like seven seven happened like ten years earlier. Because that's what I I found watching the bus bomb. Yeah, God, yeah. But then by that time, the film so been derided. Roger Ebert absolutely hated this film so much. Like half a star. Yeah, he did. It was one of his half star films. Um, he went on a bit of a tirade against it, and you know, when critics attack a film like that, very often it, it just sort of falls into obscurity. And it was only available on VHS for years. Hence, why this is the first time I've seen it because it's it was something that had just been left behind. But now I think that it is emerging as a cult film, as something oh. where you know you could quite. As you said earlier about like playing a drinking game with the cameos, you could you could do like proper cult screenings of this. Everyone dress up as like their favorite characters or whatever. It's sort of begging for that kind of audience. It's not the sort of thing that perhaps you know serious film people want to go and <laughs> sit and see. Girl band and misogyny is just a massive thing. Yes. It was just a thing in terms of that period of time where women are in bands and still is in music where women just aren't taken seriously. So any sort of piece of art that is for predominantly a female audience by women featuring women, it's automatically just going to be shat on by critics. And that continues now. I think Mamma Mia's sort of an example of where that was different because a lot of male critics also liked Mamma Mia especially like the sequel Mark Kermode was like saying oh I cried my eyes out watching Mamma Mia here we go again and it's like oh well if if the male critics find it take it seriously as a piece of cinema then you know it must be worth paying attention to. A little bit different because ABBA were this was like very much in the time of the Spice Girls being at their prime this was like years after ABBA this is like years after the musical the successful run like this is a completely like different cat mm. fish like, yeah I mean has this been done since Spice World I mean obviously there's been stuff like the music documentaries so stuff like the Justin Bieber one which sort of launched that trend what's it, what's it called like Never Say Never, never, or, say never. yeah where it's like a documentary and then we've had loads of those so like the One Direction One of Us um, Miss Americana being sort of the latest and, and a bona fide masterpiece as is indeed the Long Pond Sessions of Folklore Taylor, Taylor Swift is owning everything right now obviously she's she's amazing you know she's acted she was in cats but then let's talk about that because it's not cat but it's sort of like there's been a big resurgence of like recently of like britney spears being all the stuff that happens yeah the framing britney spears documentary which i I haven't seen yet but i've heard good things spice girls absolutely ridiculed yeah i mean i mean to take it to the absolute worst of it to think of someone like amy winehouse who was killed by the tabloid press and actually what this film what spice world touches on is like they are being hunted down by the tabloid press because you know that's who's the villain in this film it's it's the tabloids who want to attack them make them out to be terrible people and the effect that that can have on people's mental health is something that we've really only started discussing in recent years so again spice girls ahead of their time get like the physical effects of that in the haunted house like in the haunted house the haunted house the house that they go they stay at Oh yeah, yeah. Like he comes out through the toilet. Of course. See Lily. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I, forgot I, that. I forgot that. I forgot that. I feel I th- honestly, it's it's difficult to remember sometimes what happened in this film because it feels like twenty different films in one. Um, and I watch a lot of films, so it's like yeah. 
<laughs> was that in this film? Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> was it? But yeah, it's certainly the case with Spice World. Documentaries is very much something that's been done. So stuff that's like posthumous stuff, like Asif Kapadia's Amy documentary, or the stuff where it's like, you know, invited by the artist. Has anything been done on a similar way to like, because this is obviously in the Beatles model, or like the Cliff Richard type summer holiday I mean, Summer Holiday is probably the most comparable film because that's actually set on a bus. But is there anything where they're like playing versions of themselves? No, the only thing I can think of is that um, comedy show with Joey from Friends playing Joey from Friends. Episodes. That's the only thing I can like really think of, but also just be me having a whole like area of knowledge that I just don't know. I think the point is, is that Spice World killed it. Spice World kills the genre of the sort of self-parody music film, which is tragic because it's brilliant. And the fact that people didn't see that has meant that, you know, I mean, maybe that's a good thing because there is obviously an authenticity to films like Miss Americana, which is very endearing. And I think we joke about the fact that I've become a Swifty in recent times, but it's it's it, it was born out of watching Miss Americana and, and realising what a genuinely brilliant person Taylor Swift is. It's messy on Taylor Swift that you need to. Yes. I mean, you know, you are an expert on these things. What else can we talk about? Because we there's... We haven't spoken about the bus. The bus jumping over Tower Bridge. Oh, the bus jumping over Tower Bridge is really brilliant. Some fears of Tower Bridge and falling off Tower Bridge for me as a child. Oh, okay. Elaborate. Oh, I be that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and was always scared I'd walk along Tower Bridge, but you can't even do, I don't think. And... No. <laughs> halfway through. And I die. Spice Girls really, really, really started that off for me. I think it started off my fear of aliens. I think maybe my, my trauma comes from Spice World. Well, I'm sorry for suggesting this film. If you, it's okay. It's just put a lot of stuff up there. No, it's... I genuinely used to be terrified of aliens. I don't know if that was. They are quite scary. The aliens in this yeah, film. They are. They're creepy buggers. And it's dark. It is dark. I mean, it is like the beginning of E.T. when like the... I've not seen E.T. Okay. The spaceship like <laughs> lands in the forest. I mean, it's a really beautiful shot. The way it just... just rolled her eyes. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> but th- was that where the budget went? Like on the cameos and um, the costumes and everything? Because it's 25 million. Because I would have thought that they could have afforded to do like a big Tower Bridge stunt. And then. No, I don't think it would be the same. I think no, that, it's that, very that's, funny. That's like, that was a moment when my housemate was looking at his phone and I was like, no, damn, you need to watch this. You need to see that scene. If you don't see. Well, no one, no, no wonder your housemate didn't like it. Because they yeah, clearly weren't. Watching, yeah. He wasn't watching it. The visual gags. Unbelievable. Oh, and there are so many visual gags. I know. Visual gag film. You can't. Yes. Can't uh, Facebook open. And it's just so quick and witty. I mean, I don't. I don't know who wrote it. Kim Fuller. Oh my god. Okay, so Spider Fuller was the the manager of the Spice Girls. So this is by his brother. Um, but it's directed by Bob Spears, who didn't even know who the Spice Girls were when he was like asked to make the film. Jennifer Saunders convinced him to make it because he, um, he'd he just come off from making the Disney cat film, That Darn Cat. So they were like, oh, let's get this guy to do the Spice Girls film. And I think it, I think it killed his career. I saw that film. Have you seen That Darn Cat? That. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd be concerned yeah, if you, ha- you haven't seen E.T., but you have seen That Darn Cat by Bob Spears. But no, he first time he 
knew what the Spice Girls looked like was when he met them when they started making the film, which is kind of unbelievable. But again, maybe... Well, maybe that that's the point, as you say. They'd only really been a thing for like a year before they make this film. Yeah. I can't get over the fact that Simon Fuller, their manager's brother, wrote the film. That's that's full on just like marketing. But there must have been a lot of improvisation in this. The oh, script no, must have just been he didn't follow the script. No. They must have the script must have just been like seen on the bus, they talk about clothes or they talk about their next I mean, gig or whatever. Fully scripted. It was fully yeah. scripted, but I think they just didn't learn their life. Also, quite right. Also, I was looking at Roger Ebert's review of this film, and he says, like, they're about as easy to tell apart as the as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is so insulting. I mean, could you... Watch the film? Could you imagine say, someone saying that about, like, John, Paul, George and Ringo in, like, a Beatles film? Like, I mean, they... You could. I could, but the Spice Girls... I mean, I, I struggle sometimes to tell the difference between yeah. the Beatles. They're the full white guys with the same clothes and the, and the same bowl haircut so you know to, to say that they're more distinguishable than the Spice Girls who very much have their own styles and personality massively so it's just blatant misogyny and lack of willingness to engage with the personalities that they really celebrate in this film yeah that'll be like the slogan of this episode the spice girls are masters of art and men are just dicks spice girls are masters of arcs arcs (laughs) girls are just great architects they are really great architects. They, they're the architect of this. That, that could have been really insightful, but I just mm. cut myself off. They're but may, may, maybe, you know, because the, well, the 20th anniversary in 2017, it was shown in cinemas again. Yeah. Maybe that's the, maybe this is the film to like revive cinemas once COVID has passed that like put Spice World in every cinema and it will just, you know, it will save the world. And put lyrics at the bottom. Yeah. Sing along screenings. Like those, um, you know, when Disney Channel did the sing along versions of High School Musical as well. They're like that. High School Musical in this. In... High School Musical. Yeah, of course I have. I've seen all three of them. And Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. I'll have you know. Great film. No, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure is, is not fabulous. <laughs> it's an adventure. <laughs> it's an adventure. But it yeah, it's interesting because I think High School Musical is another example of a film which is so easily dismissed. I mean, certainly on a, on a critically. But it's so funny. It's just... It's amazing. It, it is amazing. It's so self-aware and comical and funny. In the same way that something like Frozen is really taking the piss out of like yeah. classic Disney films. Yeah. And that people can't see that that's what they're doing is yeah. quite sad. Because if someone if someone watches Spice World and, re- and takes it literally seriously and doesn't realise what it's trying to do on a satirical level, then they've just missed the point of the film and they shouldn't be a film critic because they're not paying attention. Yeah. Sorry, that's quite harsh. But... <laughs> but no, I agree with you, I agree with you. Um, I think it's, again, just comes down to misogyny. They did the same thing for Jason and the Pussycats, except in Jason and the Pussycats, um, the female lead, uh, Josie, as we call her, uh, <laughs> The female lead Josie was like had a full like fledgling career before that film, and then because it was just such a flop, she pretty much didn't act again until mid two thousands. Yeah, critics really are mean. They are. I'm fully aware of this. I mean, if you try to make your way in the industry, you certainly realise just how mean other critics and editors 
can be. Yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at the poster for this film. I think I analysed it. Oh, really? Do you, well, I'll, 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 like, I'll just describe the poster. So it's like the five Spice Girls jumping in the air with Mel B in the middle. And then the word Spice World is tiny. And it's like placed in sort of like a sort of censored black and white strip. It's on um, Jerry's sort of just below her genital area. It's tiny. And then the words the movie in massive green letters. Yeah. Why? <laughs> but it's also great because they're exactly their characters as well. In- yes. Yes. It. It's also pretty much reminiscent of this of the high school musical poster. But if you looked at that poster from a distance, you would think that the film was called The Movie. <laughs> yeah, but how iconic the Spice Girls are is that you just have to see them. And- yeah. Spice Girls movie. Also, the, the tagline is they don't just sing. Sing. Do they act? <laughs> Do they act? Well, you know, there's this is discussed within the itself. It's like, can they act? It's like, who cares? They're the Spice Girls. Yeah. It's yeah. true. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Spice Girls they're worth and know they you No, know, the Beatles couldn't act, but they just they don't need to act because they're playing themselves or or versions of themselves. Whereas Taylor Swift has proved that she's an incredibly committed actress. Her performance in Cats is one of the greatest performances I've seen ever. Within a film that is shit. something, yeah, shit. It's a catastrophe. I've not. She is so catastrophe. Yeah. She is so committed to her part and watching like the special features on the Blu-ray, which had um, because which I I literally bought because I wanted to see her at cat school she's so into it i remember she was on graham norton talking about cats like before any trailers had dropped so she she was just so enthusiastic only one i think would still talk about cats as well yeah her rendition of mccavity is so good is she equatable to the spice i mean certainly in terms of fame perhaps not in terms of recognizability. No, I mean, maybe Taylor's cardigan will become like the symbol of COVID. I don't know. No, something was like, I think, I think it's just the image of like a blonde girl with a guitar as Taylor Swift is just the image that you have. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. We haven't talked about the ending of the film, which, which sort of, well, the ending of the film sort of mirrors the beginning where they're, the, you know, the start, they're on top of the pops and they're, they're singing. Um, they sing too much at the start. Too much. It's too much, isn't it? And they sing too much twice, which is weird, quite close together. You know, if you're watching Spice World, you're here to listen to the Spice Girls and they give you that aplenty. And then at the end, they arrive at the Royal Albert Hall of all, of all concert venues for their supposedly their first live gig, whatever that means. Like, have they never done a concert before? The broadcast one. Oh. Oh, I see. But surely Top of the Pops was that. Was that live? Just be, I mean, not really. Okay. There'll be, I think this is more like a, you know, when you see like the ones of like Florence and Machine does like a whole gig at Royal Albert Hall, Adele's done one. Like electric proms? No, because there'll be events where like Adele will just do like right. at the Royal Albert Hall. It won't be live, but this is like that, but live, I think. It's like a fully live. Yeah, because that's, it's, it's, it's strange because actually, you know, in terms of British cinema, the race to get to the Royal Albert Hall is something of a trope. It started with by... Hitchcock with um, Man Who Knew Too Much and then brassed off ends with the miners sort of needing to get to the Royal Albert Hall to to do a concert. So maybe it's chosen because it is this sort of quintessential British landmark that's instantly recognisable internationally as like the home of the proms and, and of where classical music became 
popular music really it, it became accessible so it's putting the Spice Girls in a historic tradition of British music and then they sing Spice Up Your Life which is one of the most iconic songs ever written and it's fantastic it's such a great ending to a fantastic film yeah they literally go the race is on to get out of the bottom and they go to the Royal Albert Hall and too much is the song of this film that's why they play it twice I reckon you said that there's been stuff written on like the Spice Girls but what's like the literature on Spice World I don't think it's really beyond like the initial reviews I don't think it's really been analysed as like an important landmark in the history of feminist film no definitely not I mean, it's probably been analysed as a marketing aspect, Spice Girls, but even in general, like, music in film is not really studied that much. It's, like, it's just starting to become a thing, so I, I doubt it. If someone listening to this has been compelled by our arguments to check out Spice World, how would they go about doing so? I mean, it's on YouTube. Oh, is it? Okay. The that's whole film's on YouTube. The whole film's on YouTube, so... It's free, everyone. You have no excuse to not see Spice World. My best advice would be to watch it after RuPaul's Drag Race. That sounds like a good idea. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. If you've got an idea for an article or a podcast, you can contact me via Twitter. My handle is at Lil Craw for three hours in Lil, which is where I'll be posting about new writing and episodes. Do also get in touch if you fancy appearing as a guest and have a film you'd love to discuss with me. The Listen to Lillian podcast is available via the blog and all the usual channels, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All that remains for me to say is thank you for listening and toodle pip!